something outside. What is that? edition of Monster X Radio it is. I am your host, Gunnar Monson. With me today are my regular co-host, Shane Corson and Julie Wrench. How are you? Howdy, I'm doing good. Awesome. And with us today is our brand new member of Monster X who will be hosting a special uh, episode on an ongoing basis. Um, you may have heard of this gentleman. He's been on Monster X a few times, and he's been on many other podcasts, and he's the curator of the popular Facebook group Sasquatch Island, Mr. Thomas Seawood. Thomas, welcome to hello. Monster X, buddy. Thank you very much for inviting me on board, and hello to everyone out there listening. So we... It's not been a very well kept secret. I, I kinda was leaking some of the uh, that you were coming to join Monster X Radio, probably in my excitement. Um you obviously bring a a different perspective to to the subject, um, with your uh, First Nations uh approach and contacts and and plus if anybody's had the the pleasure of listening to Thomas um tell a story, um he will hook you in, and he he is mesmerizing, a mesmerizing speaker. You know that some people have the the gift for storytelling, and and Thomas is definitely one of those people. Thomas, for for anybody that doesn't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of of, of where you come from and and what brought you into this this subject? I'm from Northern Vancouver Island. That's where I was born in Alert Bay, and just off the east shores, and. Uh, I grew up in a commercial fishing family, so all of us boys and some of the girls, we had to, I guess, learn to walk. And then after that, we jumped into a big, huge wood seine skiff with 12-foot fur oars, and we learned to stand and row those things. So we're always out in the islands off the northeast side of Vancouver Island. And as we got older, the boats we worked on, commercial salmon fishing would bring us all over the coast west coast of vancouver island the central coast halfway to alaska and even right to prince rupert right where the alaska panhandle starts and out west to the queen charlotte islands now known as haida Gwaii. and we interacted with other fishermen and of course most of them were fellow first nations native indian and you always heard the stories someone always brought it up about these big hairy ant creatures that are lurking out in the forest and out on the beaches at low tide. And that's what really tweaked my curiosity. And, you know, 
as a teenager, you know, you heard about it. And then when I was in my early, I guess, mid-20s, the commercial fishing industry resource collapsed for about a six to 10-year cycle. But when it first collapsed, we were, you know, we were basically in shock. We didn't have a job no more. There was no openings. And if there was openings, there was hardly any fish. So we didn't make any money. So I went by uh, order of my chief and council in, I guess, around the 1990s period, late 80s. I was sent into our abandoned native village in the Broughton Archipelago. And this is a cluster of probably well over a thousand islands off the northeast shores of Vancouver Island in between the Vancouver Island and the mainland inlets. And uh, I was out there as a watchman and, you know, doing my job in our abandoned native village and keeping track of the tourists that were coming. And in the fall, we had something happen that we couldn't really explain. It was just something one of my workers spooked behind our cabin trailer and uh, it smelled really bad. And right away I thought, gee, I wonder if that's what our native people, our tribe, the Kwakwakiwak, speak about called Jonahwa the wild woman of the woods, the female Sasquatch or male Sasquatch. So, you know, we didn't see it. We just smelled it. And then the following year, we went in there with my commercial fish boat. I was running during the fall and we anchored out and and uh, we saw two of them on the beach with our spotlight from that boat, a big male and a big female. And we witnessed them one on his knee, the male on his knees and the female all rolled up on its knees in a fetal position we could see their eyes reflecting, you know, we we're trying to convince each other that they were deer or bears and we knew darn well what they were. They were Chonacha, the Sasquatch. And after about 20, 25 minutes, we shut the spotlight off and they walked into the bush. It pushed a big rotten tree down, probably about five, six inches in diameter. And then later on that evening, that night, it came out on the beach again, parallel in the port side of my boat which was uh, I was in a bay so it came, it's like a horseshoe and it came around our left side our port side and we saw it again on the beach the big male and you know it blew me away you know I finally saw that these stories weren't stories no more these carvings on these house posts in our ceremonial big homes of this pucker lip sleepy eyed pendulous breast creature and in our graveyards where you see the memorial poles you know, otherwise known as totem poles to some people, we have different names for them. But you'd see the Junokha carved at the base with outstretched arms. And here it was, we got to see two of them. And I became a firm, staunch believer then, you know, I didn't have to, you know, be convinced anymore. Those things really existed. And when I came out of the bush after commercial fishing that week, I went and seen my father, you know, to explain to him what I saw. And he said, boy, what a coincidence. He goes, there is this Dr. Bindernagel stopped by the house last week, and he heard that I'd had something to share with him about Sasquatches, but here's his phone number. You should give him a call. So I gave him a call, and, of course, he got all excited, and his, hear him on the phone on the other end. He's all stuttering and stammering, and he said, well, come, come see me. Come see me in Courtney. So I drove half an hour away and went to his house and met him for the first time, and that's what really pushed me down the path is when he started to teach me all about the scientific perspectives to bipedal creatures and 
those ridges on the feet. I can't remember the names of them and all the different terminology. And because I've always been a bookworm, it really interested me. And uh, him and I became good friends. We investigated together numerous times during our time I knew him. And uh, I just started sharing what I know about them as far as being a Pakwakiwak First Nations because it's our most valuable crest, the Junahua. And the male Junahua is held in such high regard that you will only see it during our great ceremonies of potlatch in these ceremonial big houses where a family hosts this great celebration and shares with everyone all of their crests come to life and dance and song their stories and from time to time a new chief of the family will be elevated up to the position and that's when the only time you'll see the male Junahua with the mustache a mask put on the next chief of that family or clan and of course you're in these big houses and you're seeing with the central fire which is usually the only light and you see these hair covered dancers come on the floor with these beautiful cedar masks depicting the Junahua. Some of them, like my costume, have wooden breasts and other patches on them. Some have baskets on their back. Some families will have a baby one on their back. But with these 30-foot-long hollow cedar logs that's encircled with men that pound on that hollow cedar log with hardwood batons, and in deep baritone song, they're singing the songs of that family. And they're telling you in that song what's taking place on that floor as you see a chonachwa. And maybe it has a young one as well. Be danced around that fire in the shadow of these great massive cedar pillars, five feet thick, carved of other animals. And of course, in many of the big houses, you'll see the chonachwa carved in those house posts that hold the roof rafters in place. And it's like being in the spiritual realm. It's definitely bucket list material if we ever get a chance to witness one. And that's where I grew up with. I grew up going to these potlatches. I still go from time to time. I walk through the villages and I see our burial grounds, modern day graveyards of our people. And we still exercise our culture where every so often someone of high standing, like a chief, passes on and a memorial pole will be raised in the graveyard and a potlatch will be held in his honor. And when you drive by these graveyards nowadays and walk by them, you can see the Junahua poles, some of them with outstretched arms, these massive carvings. And when you go to communities where I've grown up and lived, like Campbell River on Vancouver Island, you'll see the highest concentration of wood carvings of Sasquatch on earth. Native and non-native artists have carved all kinds of Sasquatch forms. And then, of course, you have the ceremonial big house with a huge Chonahua welcoming pole outside in downtown Campbell River. And if you're ever lucky enough to go through those doors when they're opened up by the attendants and go sit down and watch a potlatch and participate in it, witness a family celebration, you too will see the Chonahua come to life. So my whole life, I've been, I guess you could say, surrounded by Chonahua, Sasquatches. And then out in the bush, I saw two. And then after spending over three decades living and working in the bush of coastal British Columbia, you know, I was a hunting guide for quite a few years. I ran eco-cultural tourism operations since the early 1980s, off and on when I wasn't fishing. And then, of course, when I'm out fishing, commercial fishing, native food fishing for our own family's use, sports fish charters, 
sea kayak operations, you'd always come across things that you knew darn well wasn't evidence of an animal that most people would expect, like a bear or cougar or wolf. You'd hear things and smell things. And I always knew, oh, yeah, it's Junokha. And then I had a few more sightings through the years. 2006, I had a really dandy one. I actually got chased out of my uh, kayak camp. And uh, by two of them, I saw one behind a bush shaking a tree. And then I saw one standing behind some trees, which we've estimated to be over seven feet. But we had to leave that night on my tour boat, four of us, because they were very aggressive. And now we use that camp as a Sasquatch research camp. So we bring people out for investigations and getting out there. And and we were just there last about two weeks ago. And we had some vocalizations, found some sign tracks and areas where they scrape the needles up, the evergreen needles off the forest floor looking for grubs or something, I guess. But it's like I say, being a bushman and living out in the bush and working out there, you know, it's like a white black bear. You spend enough time in North America, you're going to come across a white black bear called a Cromody bear, maybe an albino one. I see pictures on the internet of white humpback whales down in Australia, white orca whales in Russia, white deer and moose throughout North America. When you look at the white animals, it's just like the Sasquatch to me. You spend enough time out there, you're going to come across a Sasquatch or they'll come across you and it'll change your life too. It's a very humbling and bloody scary situation when you first come across those big hairy buggers. Thanks, Thomas. No, and, and for those listeners, you you got a, a sample of of the storytelling of of Tom Seawood. Um, like I said, I, I I could just sit and listen to you talk about the the background and and not just. I mean, you have a, a very varied. Uh, life experience um, that doesn't just include Bigfoot research, but uh, some pretty fascinating stories that you'll get a chance to hear with if uh, you join Monster Exclusive. So I'm going to go into a little bit about what is Monster Exclusive and how did this come about. Um, it's actually uh, a membership uh, opportunity that, that we've been talking about for, I don't know, two, two and a half years um, one of the things that, that uh, slowed us up in, uh, in, in putting it out to the public was, one, we're, we're all active uh, field researchers, so that's always a priority for us is to be out, you know, actually uh, trying to collect evidence or, or interviewing witnesses. And, and um, I know that uh, actually Shane is in the middle of an uh, investigation Right now, um, he take, took time to come in and, and uh, share with us, be on this call today. But uh, it's Monster X exclusive is is basically we Monster X. If you've been listening and been following Monster X for the last several years, um, it's it's a podcast. So interviews we enter and and we talk about the subject of Bigfoot. Basically, what we we are doing with Monster Exclusive, we're taking it to the next level. We're going to be I'm covering it much more in depth with with the folks that that have the interest, and we're going to be talking, you know, doing it in a multimedia way. Um, there'll be video involved and and field reports and witness interviews and much more and in depth than we've ever done before. And you'll 
one of the the cool aspects of of what we're doing is we want to take people in the field with us and one of the if you've heard our mantra monster x is bigfoot without the bs and you can fill in the blank of what bs is and you know if you are involved in listen to bigfoot uh youtube videos and and some other you know podcasts there are some really good ones and there's some that i really like but I think everybody in the Bigfoot community is aware that there's a lot of uh, BS out there. And if our mantra is, and what we're sticking to is Bigfoot without the BS. And that includes, you know, when we go on do a field report, we don't see Bigfoot behind every rock. Not every shadow is a Bigfoot. Um, it's, we're bringing it to you the way that, that the real Bigfoot research is. Most of the time when you go out and you're researching, um, nothing happens. It's it's pretty rare that um, something does happen. And when what we want to do is take folk, you folks with us. So you know, I I I've jokingly referred to Monster Exclusive as finding Bigfoot on steroids, um, and that we're we're going to put together a variety of different shows. One of the shows that we're doing is is Thomas is going to be um, doing a show called Sasquatch Island. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, And one of the other shows that, that we're talking about is Bigfoot Biometrics that looks at the data and the science and what that means in terms of overall research and leading that that uh, section of, of Monster Exclusive is Mr. Shane Corson. Shane, you want to go in a little bit into what we're going to be doing with Bigfoot Biometrics? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I just want to say, hey, Thomas, uh, welcome aboard. You, you are a fascinating man. Uh, your your uh, encounters, the stuff that you've experienced, and your storytelling is amazing. And uh, I get lost when I'm listening to Thomas, so super happy to have Thomas aboard. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, it, as far as Bigfoot biometrics goes. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to this. It's something that, you know, being involved with the Tillman Forest Group, being involved with um, the Olympic Project and other other uh, loose-knit-based uh, researchers out there, uh, it's something that we've been working on, and it's something that I think the, the Bigfoot field, the Bigfoot phenomena, uh, researchers, enthusiasts, something that's lacking and specifically lacking about talking about. It's something that uh, I think is an absolutely essential part of the discovery process, of the uh, scientific process, um, and something that I'm really enthusiastic about. You know, it, Bigfoot biometrics, you know, it's, we're gonna, it's the measurement and analysis of the physical and the characteristical uh, nature of Sasquatch. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like a giant puzzle you got all these metrics, all these metrics, all these different pieces of data, and it's kind of like a puzzle. You start slowly putting that jumble together piece by piece, and you start to see the bigger picture. And then when you got the puzzle complete, you know what you're looking for or what you're looking at. And basically with the Bigfoot biometrics in the show, what I hope to get across to the audience and what I hope to share uh, through all of us is possibly patterns through the data analysis 
whether that's there's a involvement to, or something to do with deer and elk movements, uh, the moon phase, weather, time of year, the natural resources in some of these areas, the elevation. Um, you know, uh, people are looking for the best location to go. Well, what time of year do you go? What elevation? That's what Bigfoot Biometrics is about. It's about piecing the data together and scrutinizing it and uh, dissecting it. And when you're done with that and when you're done analyzing it, you got something hopefully to show for it, something after numbers are all tallied up and you're talking about it and, and you're talking to other fellow researchers as we do constantly. Once you piece it all together, hopefully you can find some patterns. And we, we hope to share those patterns and maybe maybe uh, by uh, putting forth this Bigfoot Biometrics as, as part of Montrex Radio, maybe we'll get some feedback from other researchers out there or other enthusiasts. Maybe somebody out there could add a piece to that puzzle that we could throw into that biometrics. You know, it's something we've been working on for a while. It's, uh, you know, people talk about it here and there. Uh, one of the key aspects to Bigfoot biometrics is the Squatch metrics. You've heard me talk about Squatch metrics uh, on, on the show quite frequently. Uh, it's a, it's a, a certain individual out there that has been crunching the numbers. He's a professional at doing this. Crunching the numbers uh, when, in regards to Sasquatch from across the board, uh, anything to do with Sasquatch. And he's been crunching the numbers for years, and he's got amazing results. I share them on our, our fan page all the time. But there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that hasn't been shared that I hope to share with the audience. And as we walk down this road together, I'm hoping the Bigfoot Biometrics will be something that the audience enjoys as much as I do. And I really do think... Bigfoot biometrics is a huge key. The biometrics, the analyzing of the data, the measurement, the, the uh, dissecting of it, it it's absolutely 100% uh, one of the most important things I think uh, as a researcher you can do. And I think the audience is really going to enjoy some of the things that we put forward with this particular show because it's not really been done out there. It's not really been done. You know, you got a lot of TV shows, you got other podcasts, you know, they, they kind of they they just scrape by it. Uh, we're going to really key in on some some numbers and some figures, and some I think real hardcore data uh, that I hope the audience and I actually I know the audience is going to enjoy. Uh, I I enjoy it. I know you're going to enjoy it. So that's basically the just of the biometrics gunner and, and gang. Um, you know, it's a lot of research going into this. A lot of calculations. You know, the the proof is in the pudding. It's just a matter of figuring out what those ingredients are and putting them together. And you had the pudding. It's in there. Uh, and I think that's where one of the answers to this phenomena is, is, is to be found, is in the metrics. Awesome. No, that's – I'm excited. I, I'm a Bigfoot data nerd, so I, I like to look at the, the information. And what Squatcher Metrics does is what – I'm a big fan of Squatcher Metrics because um, I don't have the patience to, to gather all that information and – nor necessarily it takes a particular set of skills to develop that and and look at all the pieces um and i'm excited about, i i think there's a little it was it takes a little bit more explanation to to people as what is when you say bigfoot biometrics what that means but it i'm looking forward to that as aspect um as a bigfoot nerd and uh, uh and and as a member of monster x so yeah, I'm excited about that, and I hope that, like, like you said, that that uh, members will be excited as well. Um, I know right now we're in the actually in the process of of stocking the shelf, so to speak, of the members area uh, 
for Monster Exclusive, and uh, that's one of the things that, that we're putting together and, and uh, going to have some episodes ready by the time what we launch. So really excited about it. Thanks, Shane. Great. To, I know you actually have to – Shane has to actually take off because he is, <laughs> like I said, um, we are actually Bigfoot researchers first, and uh, he's he's hot on the trail of in a, a recent encounter um, in an area of – uh, that is very significant um, in pre- in regards to some other research that's been being ongoing for quite some time. So, Shane, I appreciate you yeah. taking the time to come in and and uh, and be here for this. And I, and go ahead and take off, buddy, and let us know because I know that uh, mm. you'll you'll report back to us what what you find. So, yeah, no yeah, more tricking. I'm actually I'm actually soaked up to uh, I'm, I've been wet for about two hours now. I had to cross a creek. I've been out in the field with Cliff Berrickman, uh for a good portion of the day. We're actually out in an area. Uh, I, I'm going to head back here when I get off the phone and uh, conduct some nighttime stuff and spend the night out in this area. There was a recent sighting, and so we've been out trudging along all day, uh, and I'm going to head back out there. But we're having a blast. It was an amazing uh, encounter that uh, this gentleman had, uh, and 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 Cliff actually turned on turned it on to me, and, and we, we were headed out there, and um, I'm, we'll be talking more about this down the road. So, um, hey, Thomas, thanks again. Uh, really happy to have you aboard. Stoked to have Julie Ranch aboard, and, of course, my good friend and, and fellow researcher, Gunner. Thank you. I will talk to you guys later. Okay. Hey, thanks, yep. Shane. Talk to you later. Good, good luck. luck. So, um, Shane basically covered Bigfoot Myometrics. Is uh, Julie or, or Thomas, did you guys have anything to add? Sure. Um, like one of the things I know is like it's going to probably shock some people too that it's a paying site. But the the biometrics part, especially with the First Nations from Canada and North American Indians I work with in the U.S. and even with reaching out to some of the people in Australia now in the last couple of weeks, it's it's the crests are property of people and it's. Uh, for the native people, like especially us on the coast, the Jonah crest is owned by families. So that's one of the things we have to protect. Another one is what's happening within the confines of the Indian reservations. Well, number one, they're private property. So with Monster X, and when we're discussing about me coming on board with Sasquatch Island, I'll be adding to that things that other tribes are willing to share. And that's why, you know, it's, you know, sure. It's going to be a behind sort of what you could say closed doors so to speak for ones that will you know subscribe up but once you're in there you know you're going to have stuff that's just going to be you know you're not going to see it anywhere else you're not going to hear it out there openly on the internet so someone can grab it and share 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 and that's one of the things I've heard from the indigenous people I'm working with and I have quite a network of them now across North America and it's always that guarded you know they want to be guarded and when i told them that well you know not anyone can just go to the site you have to be a member which you have to subscribe which means there's a tracking of a person that's in there and i said so it gives us some protection to some of the things that i'll be sharing that you you allow me to share and and that's one of the things that i really like about it you know the first nations are gonna chatter 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 like sasquatch i always say and i'm already starting to hear the chattering taking place (laughs) Well, you have a unique opportunity because that the 
the First Nations people hold this in reverence, and and they're not necessarily open with everybody who who wants to talk to them about it. And and you are you know you you're a First Nations person yourself, and and I think that gives you a unique perspective and opportunity. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear more because it's it's such a different um, perspective than this you know the European uh, out chasing Bigfoot in the woods and knocking on trees and 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 not that there's you know I'm, I'm not knocking what anybody else is doing there's there's things it's just different we we have approached uh, I've done the tree knocking thing and yelling myself and in, in the past. Um, I think you progress through that at some point if you've, you've done research long enough. But uh, no, it's I'm excited. Again, I'm I'm really happy to have you on board. And uh, by the way, Thomas, happy birthday! I know that you said you were feeling old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, thanks a lot. <laughs> so we'll keep really bringing it up. I went to the store and the woman looked at me and she goes, "Oh, do you qualify for senior?" I looked at her and go, thanks a lot for making my birthday. I got two more years. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I'm, I'm just a little yeah. bit ahead of you, so, yeah. Um, next, I, want, I do want to talk about uh, Sasquatch Island, and I'm going to hand the, the mic back over to Thomas, and, and let's let's talk about what uh, people can expect from, from episodes of, of uh, I think they've got a little bit of taste, but Thomas, take it away. Mm-hmm. So... When Lewis and Clark came to North America and wanted to go across, and Alexander Mackenzie wanted to cross what is now Canada, they didn't just go bumbling and stumbling around tree knocking. They went and they hired Indian guides. And that's what I've been doing for decades, for hunting, fishing, sea kayaking, grizzly bear tours, whale watching, the list goes on, even museum tours. So with Sasquatchology and Bigfootology, you know, I've been sitting back watching people stumble and mumble through what I call the deep hair of North America, which is the forest. And I'm sitting there just shaking my head and rolling my eyes going, why would you constantly put so much time and effort into that almost like steel wool called the forest? You can't see 40 feet in front of you most times. Your fleur is not working properly. Vocalizations and other noises get distorted and it's so bloody easy to hide. And... I'm up here on the coast and I'm going into alpines in the summertime because that's where they are in our region during the summer season. They're above the tree line. They ain't dumb like us hairless bipedals that live down in the forest lands and the lowlands and forest fires come through and burn our houses and farms down. The Sasquatches learned long time ago, get up into the alpines above tree line in the summer. That way you can see those forest fires coming and move to a different ridge system or just stay hunkered down where you are and you don't have to worry about being burned up. So I started going up there more and more, but at the same time, there's no trees up there. You can see a long ways, you can hear a long ways, and generally you have the high ground advantage, so you get a 360-degree visual if you place yourself right for nighttime uh, observations. But then the beaches where we'd go clam digging all my life, and, you know, we sometimes, not all the time, but Every now and then, you'd hear a rotten tree pushed down when there's no wind. You'd hear some noise in the bush. You might smell something really stink. And you hear the stories about guys having things thrown at them and aggressive Sasquatches. But the reason why they're like that is because the favorite food of the Pacific Northwest Sasquatch is a cockle, a type of shellfish like a clam. 
And when you smash them open, inside the meat looks like a shrimp or a prawn tail. And it tastes in between a prawn and an abalone. It has a very unique taste. Well, when you come to Sasquatch Island Facebook group, you'll see quite a bit of pictures and write-ups pertaining to the favorite food, the cockle of the Sasquatch. So like two weeks ago, or last week when we went out on the yacht, you know, I didn't get them to anchor the yacht out and we all went storming into the forest looking for Sasquatch. We just dropped the anchor and uh, we just hunkered down and let them vocalize, let them come out onto the open because we timed it with low tide, a very low tide. So that's what I'm going to be bringing. I'm going to be bringing what Lewis and Clark and what uh, Alexander McKenzie and countless other explorers, adventurers and pioneers did. They hired an Indian guide. So I'm going to be sharing my lifetime's experience and knowledge, but I'm also going to be, and I am doing it already, reaching out to other North American Indians, telling them what I'm up to, and they agree. And the main reason is we refer to the Sasquatch as the other tribe. And there was a time where I was with John Bindernagel 20 years ago where I was adamant that it's, of the, it's a branch of Gigantopithecus blackie and then when I started to listen to more of my elders that I questioned they told me Tommy it's just another tribe and I'd ask them you know questions and they just always referred to it as the other tribe and the respect level always giving them respect you don't go out there trying to shoot them you don't throw rocks back at them definitely don't do that those things can throw a rock like a laser beam that's, that's how they hunt And when you hear tree knocking, you stop, turn around and go back where you came from because they're telling you, we Sasquatches are here and we don't want you hairless, bipedal, stinky creatures around us. And if they leave broken shells out or they vocalize or shake foliage or push a rotten tree down, they're telling you, we're harvesting our shellfish on this beach right now. And then respectfully, you get in your boat and you go a mile or more left or right of that beach and you look around and if there's no broken clamshells at the high water mark start harvesting because then there's no sasquatches there so respect is everything and because they're the other tribe and we got so many other tribes of north american indians they're no different they require that respect but at the same turn they see what's been happening to what we've referred to North America as since the dawn of our creations, Turtle Island, because it looks like a turtle from space. I ain't going there. We'll leave that to the other people that study UFO, UFOs and things like that. But North America looks like a turtle from space. The Indians knew that, but I'm referring to it as Sasquatch Island because that continent has all kinds of tribes and even we modern tribe members from all the different countries throughout call North America home I'm calling it Sasquatch Island because we're all having stories about them, whether we're native or non-native, the people that run into it and so forth. So to me, though, Sasquatch Island, Turtle Island, North America, my traditional territories, you know, we humans are the dumbest animal on this planet. You know, we'll defecate while we'll harvest our food. We'll fornicate just for the fact of fornicating and overpopulate our homelands and our planet. So we have poorly front, poorly developed frontal lobes. So that being said, I think by the way I look at it is I think the Sasquatch is going to be our last chance to get this planet 
and the animal kingdom back on balance. So we know now, you know, we're seeing what laws are doing. We've seen in Canada some great laws come about, especially with the Forest Practices Code. A new government comes in place provincially, and they throw that book out and all of the regulation, and next thing you know, they're logging right to the rivers again, and they're clear-cutting our hip mountains. And there's no respect for the environment. And down in the U.S., I hear it and read about it in the paper as well. So if and when, and I believe we're going to do it really soon, we're going to have enough proof for the existence of Sasquatch Bigfoot that the people are going to stand up and say, no, we need to put protective measures in so that we can go and send the ologists in in those capital D small R periods before their names and go study these creatures. And in turn, maybe we'll see the curtailing of uh, drilling for oil and fracking and clear-cutting forests and strip mining and pipeline development. I'm not an environmentalist. I sit on the fence and I use oil products like anyone else, but I'm saying that we're just doing it a little bit too greedy and we need to get a balance back on. And that's why I'm so adamant to try to get conclusive proof and help others get conclusive proof. And that's what Sasquatch Island on Monster X exclusive is going to be all about. I'm going to be putting things in there, be it blogs, video clips, you know, I'll have to go through protocols. So when I get back to Canada here in the next couple of weeks, I'll go see my chief and my elders from my family tell them about this and I'm going to say it'd be really nice if we can maybe go up to the hall and or the big house and uh, rent it for a day and teach our young family members how to dance the Junahua and the Bakus dances of our family and then I'll go videotape it and I'm going to put it onto Sasquatch Island on Monster X exclusive so people that come through the door can witness what we witness in those potlatches and Instead of being in a potlatch, which I hear from many of my non-native people, oh, that was beautiful, spectacular, but we didn't understand what was going on because Kwakwala was being spoken our language. The songs were in Kwakwala. They didn't grow up with it. So can you imagine coming through the door in Monster X exclusive and being able to see not just the Kwakwakiwak dances and narratives, someone talking about what you're witnessing on the screen, but I'm going to reach out to the other tribes you know, we've got one tribe that has a, their rendition of the Sasquatch, eight-foot doors in a gymnasium where I was at a few years ago, and all of a sudden they open these double fire doors up, and this hair-covered creature on dancer has to bend down in an eight-foot door to come through, and it's a dancer on stilts, and he's all covered in hair with this beautiful wood mask, and the drums are pounding, and the Button blankets are sparkling with the abalone shell buttons and sequins. And you witness their interpretation of the Sasquatch. And, you know, sure, we see it on the YouTube from time to time, video clips on Facebook. But it's just a video, just singing. But to have someone from that tribe, that family, explaining how their family came to have title with that, what it means to their tribe. And, you know, and, you know, you can pick up a book and read like this our author gave me one mailed it to me it's got all the native names of sasquatches throughout north america it's fine and dandy but when i came across the kwakwakiwak part all of a sudden it says the kwakwakiwak people's sasquatch is the book no and that's one of the main reasons i started sort of trying to get on podcasts and 
posting on the internet to educate people that we Kwakwakiwak, the Junahua is the large hair covered bipedal creature. The small one that's bipedal and moves fast like a bird is skeletal looking in form and is the keeper of the ghost world. That's Bukwus and it's from the spiritual realm. And apparently it's seen from time to time, even to this day. So there's two different creatures. But in my investigations and hanging out with my fellow coastal natives and also natives throughout North America, I find out that they also have stories about two different creatures. I've been up to Northwest Territories. I've been to all through British Columbia. I've been as far away as Omaha, Nebraska with the Omaha Native Tribe and have a very good friend there who's one of my fellow investigators. And they talk about these little hair-covered creatures as well. So I'm going to be focusing on the big one, but I'm also going to share with you how the tribes have these two different creatures. And I'll be that Indian guide going out and, you know, kicking dust up on the trails and going to these Indian reserves to talk with my friends and people I've been communicating with and new people I'll meet. And they're willing to share as well. Like one of the stories we have up in Canada right now was the tribe that the term Sasquatch comes from. And I got to remember Sasquatch is a bastardized version of uh, their, their term for it, their name. But in the early 1900s, late 1800s, school teachers and others that weren't from their tribe were coming to their community and they saw two Sasquatch masks. They liked them so much they took them. Well, one of them still missing out there. But this one tribe member, just a few years ago, it took him, I think he said, six or eight years of investigating. And lo and behold, he tracked down the family of the descendants of that person who took one of those wood masks. And it was repatriated to the tribe. And they had a big ceremony. They have it in a display case. And they share it so everyone can see it now. But they also made a replica. And they taught their young people and others how to sing the songs that go with that mask and how to do the dance moves. And you see it up in British Columbia at Sasquatch days it was performed there, the replica one. So that's a unique story. And, you know, you really got to dig through the internet to find out something like that. But being a native, well, you know, we all communicate with one another, modern day smoke signal, the internet and Facebook, especially. And, uh, here I get the story and, you know, I've talked to him and, you know, I'm hopefully going to get up there with the digital recorder that Gunner sent me and this mic that I swore for about four hours trying to hook up to my laptop so I could do podcasting and I'm going to go interview him and it'll be there for you. And that's just one of the many things that I'll be sharing with you all. But most of all, the Indian guide, can you imagine all of a sudden you're planning? I want to go to the Pacific Northwest, Washington state, that's the place I want to go looking for Sasquatch and Vancouver Island and coastal British Columbia, because I'm going to get out of the steel wool of North America and get out onto those beaches or up in the Alpines. But you got to remember Vancouver Island's 360 miles long, about 60 miles wide. It's got over 220 rivers that produce salmon and it's got probably at least eight or nine highways and some big cities even got Walmart and Home Depot and a lot of McDonald's. So it's a big modern place, but it's also a big, vast place of forest, beaches, mountains. And I'll be, you'll be able to go there and I'm going to have information like 
I'll have my map posted eventually here. You know, you got to give us some time, a couple weeks or so, a few weeks and that. But I'm going to have a map up there with all of my reported encounters that I've heard for, through the years, as well as where I've had my personal encounters. And I'm going to have seasons, like with what Shane was talking about, biometrics. We call it Indianuity. You know, you don't go running down to the river because it's March 7th and go fish coho silver salmon you won't get one they're not there right now everything's based upon the cycles of the moon the seasons of harvest right now throughout the puget sound all the way up to southeast alaska the herring moon is on and coming on and the herring are going to come in in the thousands of tons into the shallow water and it's going to look like someone poured milk into the salt water and it's going to go greenish white because Millions of herring are in a frenzy of spawn. And some of those fish are going to come right out of the water in the shallows. And it's going to be this silver with these fish dumping eggs and spilling milk. Well, to a human, you can walk out with a five-gallon bucket with a headlamp at night or in the daytime and just reach down and start picking up herring and you can have a five-gallon bucket full in under half an hour. Well, right now, the Sasquatches are moving from the winter clam beaches and they're going to the herring spawn areas. And then after that, it'll be the Ooligans up at the head of the mainland inlets that have glacier-fed rivers. And after that, it'll be the sprouts the, of the salmonberry, then the salmonberry, then the tubers and the bulbs and the Easter lily, and then the, the seaweed, and then, hell, and then the salmon and the deer drops. And the, this list goes on. And that's, to me, biometrics indianuity. And that's what I'm going to be sharing so that when you come to Vancouver Island or anywhere in coastal North America West and other natives hopefully will be sharing with me from around North America when the best time is, what seasons are, because that's how you are going to get the Sasquatch vocalization recorded. That's how you're going to see it if you want to see one. That's how you're going to smell it if you want to smell it. And if you want to get some video or some flur. The only way you're going to do it is by being a hunter. And I'm not saying go out and shoot it because I don't condone that because of respect and everything for the creature. But if you're going to go after it, you have to be a hunter. You can't just go willy-nilly into the forest and start banging trees expecting to hear and see something. Because number one, you're telling the Sasquatch, stop, turn around, go back where you come from. I don't want you around me. My family's here. And then the other thing is, how the heck do you see in a forest at night? Get out in the beaches, get in the alpines, go to the highest concentration of protein, which is the easiest to access with the least amount of calories spent. And that's where you're going to find your apex omnivore, apex predator. But that's where you're going to find the other tribe, the Sasquatches. Harvesting, as indigenous tribe members have been doing since the dawn of our creations on North America, Turtle Island, what I call Sasquatch Island. There you go, Gunner. All right, Thomas. So if you're not excited yet to, to, for us <laughs> to open the doors to Monster Exclusive, you must be, you might want to check your polls. I'm just saying. Because uh, Thomas is, is a wealth of, of information, and he brings, he's, it's not just the fact that, that he brings a different perspective as a First Nations person. He He's a Bushman. He spent the majority of life out in the the woods and out in the bush. Um, wait, wait till you hear the story of him versus the grizzly or grizzlies. Uh, it it's 
you don't want to miss it. So um, Sasquatch Island is, again, one of one of the episodes that we're going to be bringing to you. And, and it's more than just uh, another podcast or we're going to be doing video. We're going to be um, sharing information um, and have data and and stories and and information for like we're, we're building this vault of stuff so that there's a uh, I'm excited to go through this stuff myself because I haven't had the chance to listen to everything that that's being created so um, thanks Thomas I I do want to get into our one of our other uh, and and it's always up been a, one of the most popular things that we've done with Monstrex the podcast are eyewitness encounters and one of the shows that we're going to we're going to be doing many more of those inside of monster exclusive um it's interesting because we seem to be getting uh there seemed to be a period of time where there was like uh not a lot of encounter stories coming in and, and all of a sudden a lot are starting to pop back around um as a bigfoot investigator uh I, I was a member of the BFRO for a bunch of years, and I talked to hundreds of witnesses, you know, during that time. And and as as a field investigator as well, I I owned a, a business and was very public about my interest in Bigfoot. So I was approached all the time. Well, I sold that business last year, and now um, I I don't have that access to people like I did. But it's uh, I'm finding uh, all of a sudden reports are coming to me, and of course there's four of us, and that's that's just the host. We have other folks that are working, not necessarily on the air, but in the background, like Corey and Lori, and uh, uh, and Scott, who host uh, the Haunted Sea. But uh, Julie, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do with with uh, Bigfoot eyewitness encounters through Monster Exclusive. Okay, well, I just wanted to welcome Thomas aboard, like everybody else did. And I'm really excited about having him on because he just you know, brings a lot of the other side to Monster X Radio. Um, you know, because in the past we haven't really had a whole lot of concentration on the the First Nation aspect, and I think that's that really is um, fascinating and a long history of encounters. Um, what I'm hoping to do with the encounter show is bring people on who, of course, we're going to vet. We're not going to have people on who claim to be throwing balls of light at Bigfoot from across the street and different kind of things like that that I've heard um, before on other podcasts. We're, we're going to keep it real, and we're going to keep it you know, non-woo, if you will, um, because I think it's important that the encounters that we have on are going to be from people who, you know, we know that had that experience um, and that they, that they, um, sorry, hold on just a second. Sorry, my cat's over here. Um, <laughs> my cat's trying to climb up my leg. No, we're going to have people on that, um, you know, have had encounters that are interesting, and the, the most important thing to me is the people who have seen them up close and in, in person, 
and can give a good description of what their face looks like because I know a lot of people uh, really like to hear the details of, of what they saw. So to me, I think it's important for people to feel like they can come to Monster X and tell their story without feeling like they're going to be ridiculed or, you know, question like, well, did he really see that or, you know, did she really have that encounter? You know, people out there, they're scared to death sometimes after they've had their encounter. And some people don't go back out in the woods for some time after that. So I think it's important that we give them a, a platform where they can share their experience and and know that it's going to be, you know, respected and just to give them a platform, basically. And I think that Thomas has a real good source of encounter stories with his um, Native American uh, population that he can, you know, tap into. So we're, we're really going to have some good encounter stories come up. Well, and as a – we've all talked different witnesses throughout our interest in Bigfoot – and uh, I, I've always found that people, a lot of times, have held that information in um, and are right. looking for someone to to share that with. Um, so if you know of people that have had encounter stories, I'm I'm very clear, and I think we've always been pretty clear on on Monster X that we are are coming from the perspective of that we're dealing with a flesh and blood creature. So be and, and beyond that, what it is. Uh, we're not, you know, do do we know? I I don't think that any of us can say for for certain what what we're we're looking for exactly, but uh, we we all have our ideas and theories and and uh, actually I'll apologize, apologize to Cindy Cadell, not theories. We have hypothesis. <laughs> so so, uh, um, but seriously, it's uh, sharing with us and we and and. We vet those witnesses. Not everybody does, and that's fine. That's their, you know, that's their thing. We're not here to throw stones at what anybody else is doing. Uh, we are doing what we're we're coming from the perspective that we are dealing with the flesh and blood animal. So if you know a witness comes and tells me they that they saw Elvis and Bigfoot piling a UFO, sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share that, um, in, unless that was there. The thing is, is these we're talking about. There's a commonality about the vast majority of encounters, and the vast majority of encounters that are shared point to particular kind of behaviors and and a type of creature that that is biological. So that is the perspective we come from. Like I said, I have friends that that have a different perspective. And we just respectfully agree to disagree, um, and and I know that Shane says it all the time, and I and I am this coming from the same way as that we could be wrong. I mean that's I that's the thing about approaching it scientifically is we could be wrong. You're testing a theory, or you're testing a hypothesis, and hoping you know to, to find data that either proves it or disproves what your your perspective is. So um, that being said. Um, Thomas, do you have anything to add? Yeah, one of the things I've noticed, because I've been doing quite a bit of research and, you know, with running Sasquatch Island Facebook group for the last year and a half, and 
I've noticed a pattern that's really been established and I'm not a podcaster. I don't listen to podcasts and, you know, beat me with a stick for that. But, you know, very rarely will I do it. I'm actually trying to now as I do my West Coast Native Art to listen to podcasts and hear some of the things that are being spoken about. But one of the things that's come to my attention is a lot of people like always, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you're just so blessed to be able to do that. Oh, it sucks. I'm stuck here in the city and I don't get enough money to come journey out to the forest like I want. Or you hear, and I'm hearing a lot of this, I'm disabled. I'm elderly. I, I can't move like I used to. And so because I've studied creative writing and I know how to write with stream of consciousness narrative, and I also know how to talk like that as well. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to that demographic and I'm not going to do it all the time, but you know, it's going to, I'm going to have something, you know, walk with the Indian or whatever. And I'm going to go out with that digital recorder that uh, you guys sent me. And I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to stop and then I'm going to explain what I'm seeing, what I'm doing. You know, I might not find any evidence of Sasquatch or hear anything, but they're going to be able to close their eyes and be with me, smell that forest, hear that river, and, you know, feel what it's like when they hear me huffing and puffing going up that hill because I'm a big FBI, friggin' big Indian who smokes cigarettes, and I'm 53 as of today. You know, they're going to be part of that. And that's what I see the magic of this whole journey we're now on together as a team. And it's not forgetting about those people that, can't come out on the expeditions or can't go investigate no more and i see a lot of them are the ones that are listening to podcasts and you know i want to hear from you you know it's a modern day smoke signal get a hold of me through the monster x get a hold of me through my email or my group or whatever and tell me what you want you know if you want to go for a walk in the alpine or you want to go on a beach with the surf rolling and hear it as i chatter 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 like a sasquatch to you you know, this is what I am. I'm your Indian guide, so I need to hear from you all out there. What do you all want? Where do you want me to go? And I know some of you are going to send me into muddy places. Others are going to have me freezing my butt off, but that's what it's all about. And it's the magic of the Internet. So let's get her on and get out there, and maybe we'll find one together. Thanks, Thomas. Well, the the fourth show that we're planning, uh, that we are working on in a, and is going to be part of the exclusive membership is Field Reports. Um, because one of the unique things about Monster X Radio is that it's hosted by four people that actually are active field researchers. Um, I, I don't know too many people that spend more time in the field than Thomas and Shane do, and uh, I, I like to get out as much as I can. Um, and I know that Julie also is is a neck of the woods, and we're coming from different areas of the country. Julie's way, way, way on the other side of the country from us. Um, you know, Thomas is, is up in, in Vancouver Island and down in Washington, and Shane is Washington-based. I'm in Oregon. Um, it's it's uh, exciting. So we'll, and we all go out and, and do research. And that Thomas touched on something that's really important to me, is that, you know, most, if you're a Bigfoot researcher, this may not be for you, or or maybe, but this really is a, a opportunity for folks that don't have the the means or or even the desire to go out in the woods. They are just interested in the topic, or folks that just can't get out. Um, it we want to be able to take you with us and and share in the adventure 
because this whole thing for me is is the it's the mystery it's it's an adventure and you see me start to talk fast and louder because I get excited about talking about the subject <laughs> but uh, but it's it's uh, and we want we talked about this a lot before we ever decided we're gonna okay we're we're gonna go ahead and do this is that um, we want this to be something that is enjoyable we're building this membership for our for the people that are our members. Um, we came we're we're starting out with our own ideas of what we think would be cool if we were, you know, in your place. So we we do want to hear from you. Um positive feedback and criticism. Uh I do want to talk to you about what what the field report show looks like. And it again that's gonna be a multimedia uh experience where sometimes it's just gonna be a written report and uh a lot of times it will include pictures that were taken with that report cuz that that's basically what happens a lot of times sometimes there isn't a video so, but sometimes it will include video of being out in the field and and what we found and what uh and I can tell you that as uh being at this for probably 25 years a good almost half of my life cuz I'm slightly older than Thomas and uh but <laughs> The uh, I've ran across some things that that I think if if I was an audience member, I would find interesting um, impressions and and a, a lot of audio stuff that's happened. And um, I, one of the things that I've been doing as in preparation for uh, opening up the doors to exclusive is going through my old files of and finding some of the the cool tidbits that maybe we've even talked about on the show. I don't know. We, I know that I've shared a lot of the things that have happened with the Tillamook Forest Group, uh, but that's what we're talking about with with uh, field reports. That, and again, I, I I'm not picking on finding Bigfoot, but basically this to me this is finding Bigfoot on steroids. Uh, that we're we're going to take you out in the field, and you know, it, it's we're not doing it we're not doing it per se for ratings. We're doing it for your enjoyment and it's what we actually do when we go out in the field. So a lot of it's not going to be uh, highly edited. Um, and occasionally, you know, you never know what's going to happen because that's what, what uh, happens when you actually go out in the field looking uh, for evidence. Sometimes you run across a really cool find. Um, sometimes you, you know, nothing happens, but every once in a while it happens enough that it keeps us. I know that I've had enough interesting ta- things happen that keeps me going back. If I went out and it was always fruitless, I, I probably wouldn't have been at it this long. But uh, had a lot of weird stuff happen, and we want to share that stuff with folks that that come on board as members. So, um, Julie, Thomas, you have anything to add to field reports? Oh, we have uh, fun with them. I wanted to say that I think we had discussed having the monster exclusive private group open to our members, and there will be, uh, like Thomas said, he would be doing some uh, live shows with different things that he's into with his art, um, and we can also do some some live shows while we're out investigating. Like over here where I'm at, I have Burkhead Mountain Wilderness, which is the one of the oldest ancient mountains in North America, so... You know, I, I think it would be awesome to have some live time going in, climbing up that mountain. Um, 
Thomas, it, did you want to include some about your art and what you had planned to do with that? Yeah, I was planning on, once I learned how to work a tablet video a little better and then be able to, you know, do some basic editing, I was thinking of going out and, you know, opening up some of these museums. You know, I know how hard it is for people to travel across a country or across an ocean, but to open up some of these museums in Seattle, we have two museums with beautiful West Coast native Sasquatch carvings, uh, beautiful carving right downtown, galleries. You know, Seattle's just filled with T-shirt shops with Sasquatch because of the cruise ships. And then Vancouver has the University of British Columbia's Museum of Anthropology that just has phenomenal carvings on Sasquatch from the different tribes. And then when you get to Vancouver Island, you know, it's just, you know, I was thinking doing little 15-minute clips. And, you know, here I am in Duncan, the city of totems, and show you all the Sasquatch carvings from the different tribes that they have. You know, and that way, you know, it's just, interactive sharing with everyone all of that stuff and of course my art you know I said you know like I was mentioning yesterday you know a lot of people go on the YouTube onto channels on the internet and watch people cooking or doing art or whatever and I was thinking you know I sit here for hours painting drums doing wood carvings paintings whatever you know if someone wants to come in and maybe you know ping me on Facebook messenger and they can talk to me while I'm but creating something and they can see over my shoulder what I'm making and then I'm going to go out to other native artists you know native artists are in a business to sell their art and what better way to get recognition so that they have direct sales and that's where I see you know I was talking to one artist I said you know how much are you going to get for that piece he goes oh I'll probably get about $500 I said what's the gallery going to sell it for oh probably about eighteen dollars to $2,500 so being able to go to those artists and you know in, interview them talk to them you can hear it you can see it maybe it's just still pictures but it might tweak your need that you will need to have that in your collection you you order direct off that artist and that's what i want to do is try to help the artists you know it's their livelihoods and you know if they can sell a piece instead of getting gallery basement wholesale price maybe they can get a few dollars extra you know and and then at the same turn it's way cheaper for the purchaser than going to a gallery and just seeing the artists in their studios, you know, I used to live in a house with six other West Coast native artists and, you know, God forbid you didn't want to put your coffee cup down because you might make a mistake and grab one that someone put turpentine in to clean his brushes and, you know, uh-huh. the laughter that's in there and everything. And, you know, you see, you know, this, it's just a whole different world that people really don't ever get to see. And that's what I'm going to do. Open up that whole world based on Sasquatch but in all different levels and mainly the First Nations North American Indian level Thank you Thomas so let's talk what what is included in a in a monster exclusive membership um, we've thought long and hard about what we could do that would be at I, I always call it stacking the cool I you know I buy stuff and I like I like to see how much stuff they're going to give me for my investment and uh here here's what we've come up with so far starting out of the gate for monster X. A, a monster a members only episode each week we're going to rotate these four shows um sasquatch island bigfoot biometrics bigfoot eyewitness encounters and bigfoot field reports uh and each wednesday we'll have a different episode of one of those 
access to our exclusive members area um, on the Facebook Monster, on our Monster X radio website, including some cool secret content. Access to our Monster exclusive Facebook group that Julie alluded to, and uh, we'll be doing some Facebook Live, use, utilizing Facebook Live there. We'll probably utilize YouTube uh, Live at some point too. Um, we're still we're just trying to learn. You know, we're just getting our feet wet. Um, so as we go forward, we'll take you with you us, and um, we'll be doing things like that, like Thomas was talking about, looking over the shoulder of 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 an artist creating uh, Bigfoot art. And uh, and if you've seen any of Thomas's stuff, it's it's fantastic. I'm always I'm always a little bit envious of of folks that have that talent because. I have a hard time. My best art is stick people, and uh, sometimes those aren't even that great. But but I really have a lot of ad- admiration for for folks that do um, have that talent. And uh, access to uh, discount admission to any Monster X event. We're planning on actually doing some live events out in public. Um, in a so far, we are working in the town hall style meetings. So if you missed that on, fi- you know, that was a cool thing on Finding Bigfoot. was always one of my favorite things. Um, we actually are planning on, on setting up some different venues to uh, have town hall meetings, and uh, uh, exclusive members will have. We're, they'll, you know, yeah, you, you got to cover the co- your costs there. So there will be uh, an admission fee to the public. Monster exclusive members will get a discount on that. Um, plus exclusive members only bonus content that we will uh, come up with as we're going forward. Uh, you know, it might be a bonus uh, <coughs> episode of of uh, encounters or a bonus Sasquatch Island episode that we just can't wait to share with you. So we we add another one during the week. Um, again, it's uh, as we move forward, we're we're building this membership for people that that sign up we want your feedback um you know we're we're excited i always have uh, thought about i when when we have like polled our our members in in the monster x group it it's very clear that that the, the vast majority of people that that listen to the podcast or are fans of monster x are actually bigfoot enthusiasts versus bigfoot researchers of course that's there's a lot less Bigfoot researchers than there are. I I have uh, looked on Facebook and stuff, and there's like five million people that have expressed an interest in in Bigfoot on Facebook. And uh, so obviously not all those people are out in the woods. I think we have five million people traipsing around in the woods looking for Bigfoot. It it one be very dangerous, and and two two uh, I think we'd have stomped the woods to the to nothing by now. But we. Uh, are tar- you know we're we're uh, targeting the folks that that are have an interest in Bigfoot. So if those things sound cool to you, um, you know we're gonna uh, monster exclusive go live April first, and uh, so we'll of course be announcing it. Th- this podcast will be playing for the next couple weeks to let people know that that uh, it's coming and uh, that Thomas has joined us. So a basic membership for a monster exclusive will be ten dollars a month. Um, to me, that's that's a, a value for you know you can't even buy a magazine anymore for ten bucks. But uh, 
if that and I, I realize before anybody starts, you know, oh, they're charging money for this. I, I I'm not going to apologize for this and why, you know, it should be obvious isn't the amount of work that we're putting into this that uh, it, where it's a high, it's a high value. If you don't think so, that's fine. Don't join, um, you know. And I understand that not everybody has an extra ten bucks to spend on something like this. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sympath. Well, I'm sympathetic. It's I'm not responsible for everybody's personal financial situation. But uh, if, if it's something you think that, you know, you can afford to do and, and it's of interest to you, just like anything else in life, uh, we hope to see you on the other side in, in Monster Exclusive. Um, before we, we – we do have some plans to add another level with, with uh, even more cool stuff at some point in the future, not starting out where we're trying to walk before we can run. Um, you know, as any with any new endeavor, there's of course going to be the occasional uh, screw up. We're uh, human, and and we'll always address those things um, as as they come up. And if there's a problem, please let us know um, in, in the most polite way possible. Uh, I if if you're a whiner and complainer and pisser and moaner, please don't sign up. We don't want to deal. You know, this is this is not our entire life or livelihood. So. Uh, I personally do not have a lot of tolerance for, you know, even if we get that somebody's spending a little bit of money um, and we want to provide extreme value for that. On the other hand, that does not buy anybody the right to to disrespect the folks that are, are working hard to, to present this for you. So not to be a jerk, <clears throat> but don't, you know, treat us respect with respect and, and it will be reflected back to you. Okay. So if you're excited – about what you've heard, you know, you you can, uh, we will announce when where you can go, when you can oh, when the door opens on April first, um, and and uh, join us if you if it's something that you know a journey you want to go with us, uh, join us. It, it's it's going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, it's you know just something that we've been like we said we've been in the planning stages for a long time and and now we're launching. Um, before we sign off, uh, I, I do want to ask, uh, Thomas, do you have anything more to add? Yeah, uh, just what you're talking about there. Um, a lot of people that are on Sasquatch Island, my Facebook group, they know that uh, when people piss, whine, and moan, and or they get too negative nilly and, and the belligerent, they get a warning, and then they get flushed, and I put that picture up. You know, it's about respect. And John Bindernagel was my good friend when he was alive. And that's one of the things that really upset him was he didn't want to go on Facebook. He didn't want to interact on the Internet because when he did go there and put his toe in the water, he saw the nastiness, the belittling, the attacking, the negativeness and the animosity. So, you know, people out there, you know, if you're going to attack, just be warned. You know, I'm a Bushman. I say what I mean. I mean what I say. And I don't mind, you know, ripping a pound of flesh off verbally with text on anyone, you know, if I'm defending what I'm, my convictions and my beliefs. And at the same turn, you know, as an Indian, I get, I have been called Tommy the tour, the tour, tour whore. Cause I got into ecotourism when everyone else was in it as Indians, I was called a culture vulture. I was attacked for different things. And one of the things that really was poignant to me was a man standing up on a podium, a native role model, even though it's not in a dictionary, he said, how can we commodify our culture? And he went into his explanation. 
And the way I look at it, when someone says, how the heck can they make money off Sasquatches? Now they got this subscription service. Well, how many other podcasts out there are subscription service? I was on Vancouver Island last week, and I wanted to go interview my uncle, who the book, The Owl Called My Name, was written about, and the movie was produced from that. He's 89 years old last Saturday. He's not going to be with us for another few more years. He's a memory. So I wanted to go interview him. But I was told, Tom, the way now is $100 for each person for an interview and a wool blanket or both, one or the other. Well, a Pendleton wool blanket, which we give to people as gifts for things like that, go to the Internet under Pendleton blankets in eastern Washington. They're bloody expensive. Uh, even though it's Canadian money, it's 100 bucks. It's 100 bucks up there. So when you're trying to interview three or four people at a time and you got to pay in Canada, we're paying, you know, almost $7 a gallon for our gasoline. So when someone wants to attack, you got to look at, we've done our research, we're doing our research and we're continue doing our research and we want to interact with you, the listener. And I promise you, we're going to have something that's going to knock your socks off. You know, it's going to progress. You know, it's going to take us a few months here. And, you know, just like a 396 Corvette motor, once we get that carburetor tuned up and those wheels balanced, you watch how fast we go. And I guarantee you, we're going to have something that's just going to razzle, dazzle, educate, inform you, and most of all, entertain you. Because, you know, I don't have big cheeks and a big belly for nothing. I like to laugh, and we're going to have a lot of fun out there. And, you know, it's going to be worth your while. So, like I say, and if you do hear someone that's, you know, belittling us and that, you know, don't be afraid to grab that stick and do a tree knock upside their noggin you know knock some reality into them that this is a modern world and we guarantee you i guarantee you we're gonna have something great and i'm gonna promise you guys one thing for everyone that signs up at the end of april i'm gonna do a on video live or whatever facebook i got a print here i did of uh and i'm doing others at the end of april Whoever signs up, your name's going to go in a hat, and I'm going to draw a winner, and you're going to get an original print from me. And I've had two partial heart attacks in my life, so another 15 years, I'm going to be breasts up and toes up six feet under if the crabs don't get me and eat me if I fall overboard out in the waters. So that print might be worth a few extra dollars uh-huh. in the future. So I'm going to try my best with my native art and other artists to try to have a, some draws going on. You know, radio stations do it all the time. Why can't we? And, you know, West Coast Native Art is so bloody expensive. What better way than, you know, join up and maybe you're going to win something. And, you know, I have no problem sharing my creations. So hope to see you all on uh, Exclusive. Uh, thank you very much. That is truly point, Thomas. Um, I just wanted to add that the Sunday night show is still going to be brought to you as normal. There's going to be no charge for our Sunday night show that we have done for quite some time now. We're going to still offer great content, great guests for you. Um, so, you know, don't worry about the Sunday night show. It's going to continue as always. At Thank no you, charge. Julie. Folks, I, I hope that uh, we've explained what what uh, enough for your information. Of course, you can always go to the Facebook group uh, and ask questions. Um, or you can send us emails. Uh, MonsterX email is 
www. That's not www. Excuse me, monsterxradio1 at gmail.com. Um, and so you can send us an email. You can uh, post in the the Facebook group, ask questions. Again, I look forward to uh, speaking to many of you. I It's always fun. We go out and, and uh, go to different events, uh, and we get to hear from people that, that enjoy the show. I was up in an event up in Washington a few weeks back, and I, I wasn't even in there as a vendor, or I was just there as a uh, attendee, and I happened to be standing at the table there with Shane, and folks were coming up, and 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 Shane was mentioning that you know he was one of the hosts of Monster X, and and I was surprised at how many people came up and and said they enjoyed the show and listened to, to the show, and and uh, still can't believe the uh, the time I was walking through the parking lot with Mark Marcel on our way to Ape Canyon, and and. A gal recognized my voice from the podcast, and it just cracked me up to see out of the blue this gal yelled, Gunner? <laughs> it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. But uh, yes. like I said, we I, I've enjoyed doing this show for free for you for the last, I don't know, I think I've been doing it for about three and a half, four years. Um, and I we've, we brought some great other people on board. Started out, with, you know, Way back in the day, there was a whole do- different group of, of people. Shane was there originally, and then it's trans, you know, it, it's trans spire uh, as th- thing, time has gone on. It's taken on a, a different look and feel, and and I, I have a lot of fun doing it. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I look forward to talking to many of you at, at the like I said these upcoming town halls, um, and in our Facebook group exclusive and providing a lot of great content for everybody. And, again, if if it's something you're interested in, please uh, join us on the journey forward. Uh, we're leveling up, and we hope that it's something that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Uh, until uh, next time, I'd like to thank my co-host, Julie Wrench, and our new friend, Thomas Seawood, as well as Mr. Corson, who is now out catching Bigfoot somewhere in Washington <laughs> State. And uh, to everybody who's listening, thanks again for listening. We we really appreciate the support, and uh, we hope that that we can uh, share much more with you going forward. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Listen Sunday for a new episode of Monster X Radio. Thank you for joining Monster X Radio.